0: We're so glad that you're listening to the Embrace Church podcast. If you live here in South Dakota and you haven't done so before, we'd love to have you join us in person at one of our locations. I hope today's message brings you closer to Jesus. Let's jump in. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing all right so far today. My name is Adam, I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, all of our network churches to each and every one of you with us online. We are so grateful that you've decided to come. Our hope and prayer is that God would come and meet you in this place today, that you would not leave the same person that you were when you came in. Well, over the last couple of years, each year we've been going through two different books of the Bible, one from the Old Testament and one from the new. And we started doing this because over the years, we've had so many people tell us they've never actually read the Bible. I mean, let's just be honest. The Bible is kind of a big and overwhelming book. It's like, it's confusing. Even if you grew up in the church, it's like, I don't know where to start, and I don't know how to read this. If you're anything like me, you grew up in a home that absolutely had a Bible. We, we had a Bible, and actually, we didn't just have one. and said we had a stack of Bibles. There was one specific closet in our house that had all the shoes, and it also had all the Bibles. And so there'd be stacks of Bibles in there. But I have to be honest and say, I don't remember anyone actually reading the Bible. Mom, if you're listening in, there's no shame, no judgment, totally cool. But again, we had Bibles, but we never actually read them. And so once more, twice a year, we started going through a book of the Bible. We get permission from the NIV translation to print up a certain amount of copies. I add some personal notes just to help you on the way of reading through it. And I feel like I can say this pretty confidently. Our people have loved this. All of you, so many of you have just said, we love just opening up the Bible. It's so approachable. It's easy to understand. We absolutely love. Love this. And so early this year, we started talking about which book of the Bible we were going to go through next, specifically when it came to the Old Testament. Or the New Testament, I should say. When it came to the New Testament. Well, without hesitation, I just said, I think we need to go through one of the Gospels. I think we need to go through one of the Gospels. You see, there are four different books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that are referred to as Gospels. And these four Gospels, they all share about Jesus, about his death, about his burial and his resurrection. They all share about the good news Of Jesus. And I just felt like, as a church, how powerful would it be for all of us individually to be reading this book? But also, how powerful would it be for all of us as a church, for all of us as network churches as well? How would it change who we are if we really began to hear about who Jesus is? And so, this brings us to today and specifically the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. So if you have a copy of Mark, I wanna invite you at this time to open it up, open it up to the very first chapter, looking at the very first set of verses. I wanna invite you every single week to bring this with you, mark it up, write questions, write thoughts that stick out to you. But looking at the first few verses, we are told this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Now, this might sound like gibberish to many of us, but some 2,000 years ago, the people, they were waiting for a messiah. They were waiting for a Lord. Like they were waiting for someone who would come and rescue them, come and save them. They were waiting for someone who would come and lead them. And they were told that first, before that one comes, that first a messenger would come. A voice of one calling in the wilderness would declare, prepare the way for the Lord. Now, something kind of cool with this. In the early church, they believed that this voice calling out in the wilderness they believe that it was similar to the sound of a lion's roar a lion's roar which is why the symbol that's been used for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to represent the book of mark is a lion don't miss this this book of mark this news about jesus about his death burial and resurrection it's like the sound of a roar a lion's roar If you have nightmares about cats for the next several weeks, it's not my fault, it's Mark's, okay? It's it's, it's Mark's. You can't miss a lion's roar, though, can you? Like, you just can't miss it. I'm just saying so often when we think about Jesus, we think about him being nice and kind and friendly and easily push over, like easily gullible, and there's the pretty picture of Jesus on your grandma's wall. Sure, yes, 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 but Jesus is also a lion, He's also a lion. And honestly, if the nice, safe version of Jesus is the Jesus that you grew up with, if that's the Jesus that you worship and hold on to, you are gonna be blown away by the real Jesus that you're about to discover in these words from Mark. It's gonna blow you away. And so starting today, we're gonna be going through this book and our hope with this series is to find out who Jesus is. To be clear, not who Jesus is according to you. I don't wanna be rude. Not not who Jesus is according to you and also not who Jesus is according to me. Honestly, I don't care who Jesus is according to me. Not according to your parents, not according to your pastor, your priest growing up, not according to your smart college professor, your coworker or anyone else, but instead to actually look at Jesus, to actually look at the things Jesus says, to look at the way that Jesus lives, to find out who Jesus is really is. We said it during the deconstruct series. So many people have thoughts and ideas about who Jesus is. I think Jesus is like this. I I think Jesus is like that. I've never read my Bible before, but Jesus couldn't possibly be like this over here. But what? What does Jesus have to say? What does Jesus have to say? As we go throughout this series and you begin to read through Mark, just remember this book of Mark is not some boring old book, it's a lion's roar. And seriously, if you grew up here in parts of the Bible in church in a way that puts you to sleep, the pastor or priest was reading it wrong. And on their behalf, I just wanna say, I'm sorry. If that was your experience, if you heard about the Bible and Jesus and you wanted to fall asleep, I'm so sorry because this book, it is not boring at all. So I wanna go back to these words again, starting in verse two, where we're told this. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And then it goes on to say this. And so John the Baptist appeared where? In the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of So there's this this guy, this random guy that shows up and he's a teacher named John the Baptist. And he appears where? In the wilderness. Don't, Don't miss this. Mark's making it clear that John the Baptist is the one who would come and prepare the way for the Lord. And so John shows up and he's saying, you need to get ready. You need to prepare. Why? Because the one you've been waiting for, he is on his way. You need to get ready. This is so powerful. This phrase, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. This actually refers to a well-known custom at this time. For us, we don't know what it means. At this time, it would have been very well known. You see, at this time, if a king was traveling or going somewhere, they would send out an official officer before the king. Why? So that they could level out and smooth out the road of any ruts before the king. They would do so to make the king's journey and the road before him smoother. They would literally prepare the way for the king. Years ago, I was out in DC and I got to be a part of of the, the inauguration for a president, one of our presidents. And I'll never forget being at the inauguration parade afterwards. My buddy and I, we sat as close to the family as you could possibly get. I'm like, I don't know how we got these tickets but they're pretty rad, okay? But first, this parade, first the military came out with the the flag, I was like, that's pretty awesome. And then after the military with the flag came out, the band came out playing music, kind of playing this and kind of that. And then after the band, there was all kinds of police officers on motorcycles. I just remember motorcycles being everywhere. It's like, are they handing out motorcycles as a part of a parade? Because I want to be in the parade. And so after the, the like wave of police officers on, on motorcycles, then the Secret Service showed up in these blacked out like Suburbans. And I'm like, are they giving out Suburbans too? Like, I want one of these two things. And then after the Secret Service, Service, there, was the, there was the vice president. And then after the vice president, finally, the new president followed behind. And it was like waves and waves of people that were coming out before. Waves and waves of people that were coming out to prepare the way for the president. And so hear this, what John the Baptist is saying to the people who are listening to him in the wilderness, and what he's also saying to us is you need to prepare the way. John's saying, you need to get prepared. You need to get ready. You need need to prepare your heart and not just your heart. Our faith isn't just like a personal private thing, not just your heart, but you also need to prepare like your lives as a whole. You need to get ready. You need to prepare. And it's not because some like powerless human president is coming. I don't, I don't want to be rude about, about presidents, but they come and they live and they die. Not, not, not some like powerless president. I'm talking about one who's coming, who's on a completely different level. I mean, the, the president has got such little power. The president can't prepare to get ready for the one who's on his, on his way. Once again, we need to prepare the way for who, starting in verse 4, we're told. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, John, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. Just to pause here for a second. John the bee is like the original hipster, okay? He's got his handmade belt. You know, he's got his organic honey. He's probably got into into essential oils. He's probably got some diffusers out there in the wilderness. But anyways, he says, you know, like this, this is his message. This was John's message. John says, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Once again, you prepare the way for who? John's saying, Get ready for the one who's greater than you. Get ready for the one who's greater than. you. Again, I'm not talking about a human. I'm not talking about this president that has such little control. Prepare the way for the one who is greater than you. John's saying, prepare the way for the one who's greater than me, greater than me. Like there are crowds of people coming out to John just to, just to listen to John and get baptized by John. He is the voice calling out in the wilderness. He is the messenger they had been waiting for. And yet John makes it clear, I'm just the messenger. John makes it clear, I'm just here to tell you to get ready. I'm just here to tell you to get prepared. The one coming after me is so much greater, so much so that I'm unworthy to even untie the straps on his sandals. He's so much greater. Now, this may not make sense or mean much to us untying sandals, but at this time, sandals are what everyone wore. Quick side note, and this is a very unpopular opinion, not backed by God whatsoever, I strongly dislike sandals, okay? I just do not like sandals. I mean, some things like feet are meant to be in private between you, your spouse, and God, okay? Not a fan of PDF over here, okay? Public displays of feet, not really into that. So just keep that between you and your bedroom behind a locked door. Obviously, the, the, the roads at this time, the roads at this time weren't paved, Right? And so in dry weather, a person's sandals and feet would have been incredibly dusty and dirty. And in wet weather, your feet would have been covered in mud. And hear this, the job of a slave, the job of a slave was to remove another person's sandals and wash their feet. And so Back to John, what John is saying is, yes, I am the voice calling out in the wilderness, and yet I'm just the messenger. I'm just here to tell you to get ready, to prepare. Hear this John saying, I'm not even worthy to be a slave compared to the one who is about to show up. I'm not un- un- even worthy to untie his-, his sandals. He's so other, he's so much greater. You see, so often as people, I do the same from time to time. You'll hear people say something like, Jesus is our homeboy, or we're BFFs with Jesus. And yes, Jesus does call us friend. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And yet we can't miss the fact that Jesus is also great. We can't miss the fact that he's also perfect. Perfect. We can't miss that he's also holy. I mean, his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. I don't want to be rude. His thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. His ways are so much greater than our ways. John's saying he's so much greater than you and I that we're not even worthy of being his slaves. Now, at first glance, this might sound like a a bad thing, right? What? This doesn't sound good. And yet it's the complete opposite. I don't know about anyone else, but I, I want to follow someone whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Folks, most days I'm clueless. I don't know about you. I want to follow someone whose ways are greater than my ways. When I'm going through a storm in life, a storm that feels like it has no end, I don't know about you, but I want to stand next to the one who can command the storms, and as a result, the winds and the ways they listen. I want to hold on to the one who commands the waves and they don't talk back. Instead, they do exactly as he tells them. They submit, they surrender, they obey him. When I'm clueless in life, when I don't know up from down in a situation, how to fix something, how to overcome something, the struggle that I'm going through, I want to hold on to the one who is the source of all wisdom. He is the source, the beginning and the end of where all wisdom comes from. And so when John says, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals, friends, this is such good news. This is such good news. Again, to speaking for myself, I wanna follow the one who is so much greater than me, the one who's so much greater than you. The, 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 I wanna follow the one who is so other than us. Continuing on in verse eight, John goes on and he he says this. John says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John's saying, just as I baptize you in the Jordan River, a couple of verses earlier, with water, the one who's coming, he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In another part of the Bible, it, it talks about the same exact scene and there we're told that John says this, I baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with, with fire. Holy Spirit and with fire. Random fun fact, speaking of fire, in the last, last month, the fire department has come to this building twice, okay? One of those times I was there, the first firefighter off the truck attends embrace. He gave me a high five and he said, what are you guys doing? Okay. He's like, what is happening? Just for the record, we didn't need a fire truck either time. There was no emergency, but they came very, very quickly. I was very, very impressed with our fire department. But seriously though, John tells us the one who's coming will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What does that mean? We see at this time, fire was used to refine things You'd use fire to heat up and refine something like gold. Like you'd use a crazy amount of heat. And when you did the imperfections in the gold, the impurities in the gold, all the crud in the gold would rise to the top of the gold. And then after that, you would skim off all the imperfections and impurities and all you'd be left with is the good stuff. After all this heat and then this fire, you would find yourself with refined gold. In the same way, John's saying to prepare the way for who? John's saying to get ready for the one who will refine you. He's saying, get ready, prepare the way for who? Get ready for the one who will refine you. Now, to be clear, friends, Jesus absolutely loves us. And he loves us right where we are. It's a message I feel like I cannot say enough. He loves us right where we are. We don't need to clean ourselves up. We don't need to study our Bible and know all the Jesus answers before we come to him. No, he loves us right where we are. But hear this, he also loves us enough to not let us stay here. He also loves us enough to not let us stay in this place. I'm just saying, Jesus didn't show up and come and say, good job, guys, you guys are doing fantastic. He didn't show up and was like, oh my gosh, you guys got to figure it out. I'm actually impressed with how great you are at running the world and your lives. Like gold star, you guys are awesome. I'm going back to heaven because you obviously don't need me. No, he came because we're a mess. He came because you're a train wreck. I'm talking to myself here too. You're a train wreck. Adam, you can't possibly be talking about me. Haven't you seen my Instagram life? Actually, I was thinking specifically about you when I thought of train wreck. You and I were selfish. You and I get this we'll gossip about our best friend. You and I were so twisted, we, we celebrate when, when people fall down and and struggle. You and I, we're jealous about everything. We're like, we're like a six, six-year-old. Don't be jealous. Mom, you still are. Dad, are you kidding me? You're jealous about everything. We're, we're hurtful. We're self-centered. We're easily offended. No, not me. It's the other political party that is. You're easily offended. I'm actually shocked by how high maintenance you are. It's crazy. No filters, zero self-control. Have I mentioned, we're train wrecks. What Jesus is saying to us is prepare the way for the one. I'm coming for the one who will refine you. The one who will burn away all the crud in our lives and leave behind all that's good. Jesus is saying, I came to change you into the person I created you to be. I love you so much, but I also love you enough to not let you stay here. And once again, this might sound like a bad thing. He wants to refine us, what? With fire and heat? Might sound like a bad thing, but in the deepest sense of the word, it's so good. Like the stuff inside of us that ruins our relationships, He's coming to refine this. The stuff that we do that hurts the people in our lives that we love the most, he wants to refine this. The, the stuff in our lives that steals our joy, it robs us of our of our contentment and our peace, he wants to refine this. The stuff that leads us to shame and regret, he wants to refine us. The stuff that we're slaves to, the people pleaser in us, the addiction that we're battling, he wants to refine this. All the things that keep us away from God, he wants to refine this. Again, Jesus comes, and he's like, I came to refine you. Why? Because I love you. Why? Because I have something so much better for you. I can remember as as an early Christian, about nine months to a year in, after I started following Jesus, God began to highlight these different things in my life, that he wanted to refine. It was like the first nine months were a honeymoon, and all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a guy was just like, hey, Adam, what about this funky stuff over here? And I was like, can we just go back on the honeymoon, back to Cabo, okay, Jesus? Like, I just want to go there and stay there and never come back. He just began to highlight these different things so gently, began to highlight, hey, Adam, the way that you treat people doesn't really look like me. Hey, these things in your dating relationships, they don't really look like, like me these things in your private life, like, yeah, yeah, they just don't really, they don't really look like me, that your attitude that you have about certain people and situations and certain interruptions, they just don't really look like me. He wanted to refine me. And at times, it wasn't a fun process at all. I mean, there were things in, in, my, in, in my life and in, inside of me that I had been and done for years that he wanted to change. There were things that I was just like, actually, Jesus, this is just who I am. This, I'm me being me. And Jesus is like, actually, no, that's not, that's not who you are anymore. Instead, by the same power that raised Christ from the dead, I'm going to make you brand new from the inside out. But this, this is me. This is who I am. This is just what I do. No, actually, it's, it's not. I want to refine you. There were things that honestly gave me joy, things I enjoyed. Yet again, God just began to gently highlight these things and he began to invite me to let, let go of them. And just being honest, I've been following Jesus for 20 years, 20 some years and this process of refining. It continues on. He continues to gently highlight things like, oh, Adam, that's, I got something better for you. Adam, that's actually, I have something more for you. It's kind of strange to share. I've mentioned it before, but I'm a bit of a clean freak. And um, this might sound kind of funny, but for me, it's actually not at all. Um, When I'm stressed, when I'm anxious, when I get worried about anything, I just start cleaning. Like I'll go around our house and I'll just start putting things Away, It's embarrassing to say, but more often than not, when I get home and my family's excited to see me, I'll actually walk by my family. I'll do a clean job on the house. And then when they no longer want to talk to me, I start trying to talk to them. Well, a couple of months back this summer, I randomly walked past my daughter's bedroom. And without me saying a word, my, my daughter said, dad, I know I'll clean my room. I said, baby, I actually didn't even say anything. I didn't, I didn't, but, but I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll clean my room. I, I didn't even say, anything. dad. You could tell she was tired of it, sick of it. Friends, just to be candid, this is my thing. Some dads struggle with workaholics. Some, some dads struggle with alcoholism. This is my thing. This is my thing that I worry my kids are going to be talking to a counselor about someday. Their dad. So in this moment God just kind of shook me so gently and was like, "Hey dad, next week or 20 years from now when you walk by your daughter, the first thing that she feels, do you want her wondering if she's good enough for you?" She's a grown woman someday. First thing she feels, you want her to wonder, is her, is her life clean enough? Or is her house clean, a bedroom clean? Like, is something clean enough? Like, do you really want to put your crap on her? I mean, it's, it's one thing to ask your daughter to clean her room, which, which a parent can or should do. And it's another thing to ask her to do something because you're anxious and you're broken and you're trying to fix your, yourself. And as a result, you end up putting all kinds of garbage on your own daughter. Two very different things. So in this moment, I just felt like God was saying to me, hey, Adam, we need to address this. Not you need to address this, Adam, I'm in this with you. We need to address this. I want to refine you. Why? Not just for yourself, but also for your daughter." Again, at first glance, this might sound like a bad thing, but just speaking for myself, I want to follow the one who loves me enough to refine me. I don't want to stay the same way. I don't want to follow a Jesus who says, you're good, I love you, to stay right where you are. No, I want a Jesus who comes to me and says, Adam, I love you, but my plan for your life is so much better. Adam, this is not who you are. You think it's who you are. No, you are made new in Christ. I've made you brand new from the inside out. Let me show you the plan and path that leads to abundant life. I want to follow the one who who refines me. Once again, John's telling us to prepare the way to get ready for the one who's greater than you. But get ready, get prepared for the one who will refine you. And who is the one that John is speaking of? At this time, Jesus, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, like the veil being torn open after the cross. He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descended on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven, God the Father declaring, you are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Try and picture this. This is awesome. Jesus is baptized, and as he comes out of the water, the heavens are ripped open in this moment. In Jesus Himself, heaven and earth are coming together in one. And the Spirit comes down upon him when he comes out of the water. And again, God the Father declares, This is my Son. I love Him, and in Him I am well. Please, you see, in this moment, God is declaring that Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. To be clear, your spouse or your future spouse is not the one. Thank God. If you, you're not married, you're going to find that out. If you are married, amen. All right. It's like, no, your spouse is not the one. This next for promotion, I promise you it's not the one. This next house, this next car, this next whatever, I promise you it's not the one. The next president, the next governor, the next whatever, it's not the one. God's declaring Jesus and Jesus alone is the one. And as a result, you need to get ready. You need to get prepared. You need to prepare your heart and your life, all that you are for the one who's so much greater. We're not even able to be slaves in his presence to one who is so much greater, the one who will refine us. Get ready. Jesus, like I've come and I want to enter all that you are. Get prepared. Like a lion, he wants to enter our our lives. So just to ask the question, what do you need to do to get prepared? What do you need to do to get prepared? Maybe there's parts of your lives that you're yet to invite Jesus into. There's, There's parts that are roughed out that you need to smooth out. And you just need to say, Jesus, I need your help to do this because I've tried to do it on my own. It's not working. And so would you just come? Would you smooth the roads out inside of me? Maybe you have a fake version of Jesus. You have like this cute, soft pushover Jesus. Whenever you guys disagree, you're like, Jesus, I'm smarter than you. Maybe today you you need to set aside your fake version of Jesus and remember that Jesus is so much greater. His thoughts, but Adam, I had I got a master's degree. I'm so I'm so smart. His ways are so much higher than yours. What needs to be refined in you? What things has God just been like? Are we ready to address this yet? I got more for you. Are we ready to deal with this? But I'm 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 60 years old. It's too late. No, it's not too late. It's not too late. Whatever. What, What needs to be refined? What do you need to do to get prepared? And from this question today, here's my specific challenge. Over the next five weeks, I just wanna challenge you to to read this book, to read the, the book of Mark. Inside your copy, there might be a bookmark that even makes it easier. It has a reading plan so you know when to read what and whatever else. For all of us, if you don't have a bookmark, you can go to IamEbrace.com slash mark and there's a reading plan. There's the notes there as well. So if you're listening from far away and you didn't get a copy, just go online and it'll it'll be all there. Seriously though, each day, just just open it up. It should take four minutes, five minutes to, to read this. Just open it up. And when you do, just ask the questions, Jesus, who are you? I don't want to know who you are according to somebody else, according to my, my college professor or my pastor growing up or even my pastor today. I want to know who you are. Who are you and what are you like? And as you read, just, just, just remember, and I pray you to even vision this. When you, when you open it up, I pray that you would picture a lion. Like a lion standing on your, your, your pages, and it's just like, Jesus, this is so different than any version of you I've ever thought about or even learned about. Would you just envision that lion? Once again, going back to these verses a voice of one calling in the wilderness to wear the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we come before you needy for who you are, thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you continue to speak to us through your word. Your word is living and active. And that's, it's living and active in a way that we can't explain. We, we can't explain it, God. But our hope is that you would come and speak to us over these next f- five weeks, God. Who are you? What are you like? That's our heart's desire. Lord, starting today, would you prepare the way inside of us there's things that need to be refined. If there's places that we've made you small, you're so much greater. You've come to refine us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, "Amen." amen. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If today's message encouraged you or if there's someone who comes to mind that you think might need to hear today's message, take a moment now to share it with them.